badass <laughs> guitar-driven band, and then they found this unbelievably obnoxious, charismatic, costume-driven, brilliant frontman that really had no connection to what the music they were doing, and he just like put this bizarre cherry on top of this great music. So if you listen to, I mean, if the thing is, if you listen to hits, but if you listen to enough early Van Halen, yeah. what you hear is this extraordinary guitar band and then this fucking insane son of a bitch just going, yeah, I'm in the room. How about you? Look at this shit. And it's like, who would have thought those two things would have worked so well? And it was brilliant. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast is a production of literateape.com, and the apes would like to advise you that inappropriate language and themes may follow. If you are easily triggered, best to go listen to a public radio podcast. This is the Sun Times as of late Tuesday night. Okay, so maybe it's been updated. Thirty-two point ninety-five percent. Yeah, all it's right. Still okay. insanely low. It's still insanely low. The lowest low. in history. Yes. All right, so that's better than fourteen percent. So that makes me feel. I don't know if it makes me feel better or not, but it's just like mm-hmm. okay, that's better. That's certainly better than fourteen percent. Um, but interestingly enough, in the runoff between Lori Lightfoot and Tony Preckwinkle, overwhelmingly these two black women yeah. were voted for by white people. Yeah, I mean, like overwhelming, like. Neither one of them got majorities of any POC votes, period. They were put where they're at in this runoff by white voters. So I think that's a very interesting. Yeah. And let me just let me just stop you right there. You experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I experienced I think this is important to say that this is a big moment in not just Chicago history, but in American history, because it proves that (laughs) that black people and women need whites and need white men to help propel them to where they should be. I'm just, yeah. Ooh, I, ooh. No, I, oh, I don't, oh, I, Jesus, I don't, I only man, mean, there's your white savior movie. I only mean, I only mean 50% of what I just said. So, I know. No, so here's the thing, if, it just, and I'm going to get wound up because, because this I, is something I was that winds you up. So the day of the election, and seriously, like at some point, like just give me the light if it starts to get out of hand here. Knock yourself uh, out, man. All right, so... The day of the election, I published a piece on the ape um, called It's Election Day in Chicago, A Deconstructed Love Story. I think the original title was um, It's Election Day in Chicago, Voting Hope Away or We Fucking Hate Ourselves or something like stupid that, you know, sounds like, all right, let's tone it down a little bit. And like most of the pieces that I write about this fair city, it was scathing. It it had the, the... it was pretty. It was pretty heated. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it was it's, a good it's piece. Like, it was it's a like the way you talk piece, about you... a a brother or a, you know a sibling that you love because they're your sibling, but they fucking drive you nuts and they're really problematic and you know they're hoarders and heroin addicts and all that. So, what I said at the end of this piece was, uh, I'm left with little hope for any positive change to come out of today's election. I'm thinking bigger picture. As long as I live here, my hope is that I can one day shake my head in disagreement when I think of what Hunter S. Thompson said about the city when he wrote, Uh Chicago, this vicious, stinking zoo, this mean, grinning, mace-smelling boneyard of a city, an elegant rock pile monument to everything cruel and stupid and corrupt in the human spirit. Chicago, we don't deserve better. 
We've done this to ourselves for almost 200 years, but we should want better. And if we're as tough as we brag to be, we can have it. So, that's Tuesday morning I published that. Yep. Sorry, we published that. And... That's such a... Katie... I'm used... I'm, by the way, on a side note, I'm used to that because uh, I've been married for four years. My wife still talks about exclusively her decisions, her money, her room. You know, it's just, just built in. So it's okay for you to say you published it because I'm not a part of your equation, no, you selfish but, bastard. But Don, I want you to be a part of someone's <laughs> equation. Well, you know, I don't have to be. I'm pretty I'm pretty good. And I couldn't, I couldn't do this without you. That's well, because... Because your the, name's not on the LLC. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, you, it's, it's your it's your credit card that's paying the, the website every year. Um, anyway, so Katie and I get up in the morning, and like the night before, we're thinking real hard. Like we we still weren't sure who we were going to vote for. We okay. knew we, we we whittled it down. We knew that we weren't going to vote for Sus, Susana Mendoza. She was like our front runner for a little bit, but like the more that she campaigned, the longer her campaign went on, the less likable. She was to both of us. So, so you you voted on likability? No, just like with with every likable, just like who I'm going to vote for, who I like votable. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 F, okay. Um, no, I don't give a fuck about liking them. Fuck that. Just well, like you know whether or not they're the people we're going to vote for is what I mean. Your words, man. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> so we went to vote in the morning, and we're walking back, and I'm saying that you know I think that this might be one of the best turnouts that the city will have for an election because the there's so much of the city that is pissed off, that is disenfranchised, that are realizing, holy shit, a change needs to happen. And a lot of people, you know, in the last eight years under Rom, like those kids in the West side and the South side that got their school shut down, that had to deal with the police bullshit. Yeah. Uh, they're old enough to vote now. Yeah. They're going to come out in droves to because daily there's a daily running and nope. they are going to come out and they're going to go against the old white Irish son of a bitch daily who's been fucking things over for years, right? I was Didn't so happen. sure of this. I was so sure of it. And Katie was saying, I don't know, man. I don't know. People aren't going to vote. There's, it's too overwhelming. People are not going to, it's too confusing. 14 candidates are just going to go, fuck it. I don't know. And I was dead wrong, obviously. Dead See, wrong. I, I agree with Katie, but I don't agree for the reasons that Katie, you know, it's like, I don't think that was too confusing. I don't think, I think there are two things at play with the Chicago election that that people didn't take into consideration. Okay. Number one, most of the, the, the loudest, the most vociferous sort of campaigning was about uh Social justice. Most of the campaigning was about cleaning up the police, cleaning, you know, that, you know, it, it was about a social justice perspective. Well, part of the which, reason that was that I, like, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me with Mendoza was uh, her, she was playing identity politics. Yeah. And, well, and the thing, the thing know. about it is, I think, I think, uh, I think the 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 strident left, the outrage, the rage profiteers on the left, yeah. are, are, they're missing the boat. They think, that everybody loves that stuff, that everybody's on board with that stuff. And the reality is most people are not on board with that stuff. So I think that's one reason that only 32% voted is because they were just turned off by that kind of message. The second thing is a fundamental, because you so many of the candidates focused on that that sort of, uh, I don't know, that patina, mm -hmm. is, is that they forgot that Chicago 
Chicago votes for people that are going to fix their fucking roads. Yeah. That people are going to be uh, working with their unions um, for people that are going to, you know, make sure the fucking snow gets plowed. What am that's I going to get out want. of it? That's what, that's yeah, what they want. Yeah. It, is, that's, it is really very self-serving. That's a Chicago way. That's why they vote. And that's why and, the Chicago way, you know, all that shit with the dailies and they, yeah. they fuck, they ignore half the city mm-hmm. or, you know, three fourths of the city uh, because they're helping out their buddies, but they still vote for them because their roads get paved. That's exactly right. It's that simple. And that's why I their thought garbage, their garbage gets picked up regularly. Yeah. But you drive a little bit. This is why I was so convinced because you drive. I'm in Wicker Park and, you know, you drive. Well, shit, I mean, your old neighborhood, right? Like you drive just like three blocks west and you're doing you're slaloming. You know, you're yeah. on a slalom course for the for the potholes. Like, yeah, yeah. There it's are insane. large parts of the city that are not taken care of, that are completely ignored by their aldermen. Yeah. By the mayor, schools yeah. being shut. I mean, I don't need to regurgitate the last eight years. We we know the history. Otherwise, fucking Google it. This is the problem with living in Chicago and voting in Chicago is that you start to unpack these things and it's this Russian nesting doll of shit. Not even a Russian. It's a fucking Irish nesting doll. There you go. It's a Southside Irish nesting doll of shit. So Katie and I, we, we come home, you know, we, we cast our vote and... You know, as as the the numbers start to come in, the results are coming in. We're watching the shit. We're watching. We've got. We're making dinner in the kitchen. We're feeding the kid. We've got. Uh, you know, WGN on the iPad, and like, I'm floored that Daly was not only in the lead. He wasn't even in the top three, right? He was, was he? third. He was third. He was third. Okay, All right. but Preckwinkle. Yeah. Had like 5,000 votes on him the whole way. Like she oh, rarely, yeah. barely gave a up point. a lead. And I was surprised that Lori Lightfoot was as far ahead of Preckwinkle as she was. I thought it was going to be a Preckwinkle daily runoff. I was yeah. I was afraid it was going to be a daily Mendoza runoff. I think a runoff. lot of people thought that. I, th- I think a lot of people thought that was the case. And when I went into the, the polling booth, I... It was for me. It was it was Preckwinkle or Lightfoot, and I ended up going with Preckwinkle because I was convinced that Daly was going to be in the runoff, and that Preckwinkle was, you know, machine enough to to give him at least give him a run for his money. <laughs> yeah. And I I'm telling you, man, I've the last like month or two, I've spent a lot of time admitting I was wrong about oh, things. Yeah, you know the 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 asshole kid and the asshole Indians and the asshole black racists. You know, in yeah, DC. yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know every other thing that comes out of my fucking mouth with my wife. Uh, <laughs> and aside from every other th- thing that comes out of my wife, out of my mouth with my wife, I'm glad that I've been wrong. Like I'm. Oh yeah, yeah. I was so unbelievably thrilled and overwhelmed with joy at the outcome of this election. Well, good. And I get the sense a lot of people in Chicago feel that way, which is good. And I'm fascinated by how it went down, who voted for who. Like, it it is not surprising to me that Willie Wilson got the South Side Black vote. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It is not surprising to me that Mendoza got the West Side Latino vote. Not a surprise at all. Uh, What's curious is who are those voters going to align with now and I, I'm Who do you loosely, think it's gonna be? I'm loosely predicting, and uh, you know, I, 
I could very well be wrong, but Lightfoot is a better campaigner. If she yeah, can yeah, keep she the is. momentum that she had during this, yeah, this this round, I I I, th- I think that she'll come through. And what I think should happen, and I posted this on Facebook, is yeah, let fucking let Preckwinkle should step back and say, Lori, go for it. I'm gonna be in the county office. Yeah, you be in the mayor's office. Let's run this shit like old man daily, but let's do it good. So now we're uh, we've got we're being joined right now by. Uh, the lovely Dana German. Hola. Hola. Shalom. And our topic, uh, our topic today is uh, the greatest guitar rock bands in history. And really, Uh-oh. quite not, frankly, other than not the good, huh? not, not the greatest guitar funk bands, but no, rock bands, greatest guitar yeah. rock bands. So we'll find it. We'll find out who wins this uh, this this discussion. Who who ultimately comes out on top with the greatest. Guitar rock band. Guitar That's the, driven. Rock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like it's like so. Uh, all right, so who wants to who wants to lead off? Who wants to lead off and talk about their favorites? I think we let our guests lead off. All right, I think Dana should well, go first. You know, in considering this topic, uh, a lot of uh, bands fronted by female guitarists kind of get left behind, and I was thinking about um, uh, especially the band Slater Kinney. Huge yeah. fan of Slater Dude, Kinney yes. and Carrie Brownstein, and um, yeah. there, you know, because you, if you're thinking of a band, and then all of a sudden this melody of all of these great songs that they've done pops into your head, that's when you know, it, it, like, they're on the list. Follow in that vein, um, Bikini Kill and and La Tigra and yeah. Um, uh, I'm feeling well, right really now, bad right now. Like, because I, I, I hear. Well, no, because I completely agree with those. I don't know if, that I would have put Slater Kinney and Slater Kenny in my Kinney Kenny Kenny, whatever. Kenny, your kitty. Kenny, yeah. I don't know if they would have made my list Kinney here, but totally a, a, a great point, and I didn't even think of it because. And I'm 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 really ashamed to say this, but when I think of great, you know, the greatest guitar rock bands, I think junk. Dudes, I think dudes. fucking dudes. Yeah, you think the Nuge. Yeah, like the Nuge. Yeah, everybody does. And everybody that's, does. That's, that's why, unfortunate. Like, yeah, there's so many big personalities. Everybody from like Stevie Ray Vaughan to Jimi Hendrix to Prince to Eddie Van Halen, like. There's so much hair. All right. Well, there's See, my there's there's my fucking list. Thanks, Dana. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my 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 hat in the ring on this one, and I'm gonna say that. And in terms of in everything you said, now first of all, one of the things I think is a great like a great guitar rock rock band is defined really by a at least one, if not multiple, 
guitarists that actually stand out. It's it's not like you okay. go and say, oh, they're a band and they right. have guitars. Yeah. And it's I like, like their music and they play guitar in yeah, it. And that's the great. guitar. Yeah. The guitar yeah. is part of it's kind of central to how it works, how the okay. band accomplishes its communication. And my uh, and I didn't really make a list. I just have sort of like some ideas. This this is it's this is not my vote for the best, the greatest guitar rock band, but I think it's got to be right up there in the top. Is the Who? Yes. I mean, yeah. okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. God damn it. I mean, it the, the Who on some levels redefined which is, rock and roll which, and redefined how guitars were utilized in yeah. rock and roll. The they who changed the sound Pete of guitars. Townsend. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. the same person. They're, they're, it, I mean, they're it the is, same yeah, entity. It's designed, yeah. and, and and when you think about The Who, uh, you may or may like or not like it, but when you think about The Who, you think about all of the songs that they wrote, including... That Pete wrote. Yeah, that, well, yeah, <laughs> Pete wrote them all, but including every theme song for every CSI. Yeah. Man, yeah, The Who, I mean, Pete Townshend, like, he changed the way that... that guitars sound or the way they're utilized you're yeah 100% and if you can recall a couple years ago I had I had scored myself some tickets to see the who at yeah. the United Center and I asked oh you God. out on a date this is back when we were still satellites of each other yeah and you broke my heart cold man oh man you didn't go I couldn't Boo. no you couldn't it, was it wasn't fine. like I went yeah it, was, it wasn't like I went no David Himmel I would rather see the who with someone that I like better yeah. it was no I I, I I don't even know what it was I had but I, I absolutely had a prior engagement or I would have fucking gone to the who you could have been you could have been you know uh, the, the the Wicker Park litter curator yeah. and I would have gone to the who with oh. you well, I tell you what, Ooh, that the, guy. It's the fucking that, Who. Have you, have, sure when was the last time you saw The Who? Have you seen them? Yeah, like, I saw re- them live. Uh, when the fuck did I see them live? It was, it was in the '90s, but I can't actually. Okay. I know really? it was in Chicago, but the stadium I can't, show. Yeah, obviously. it was a stadium okay. show, and but not I had like really within, good seats. Like, but it's been like twenty something. It's been years. like 20, okay. 20, maybe almost thirty years. Yeah, it's been a long time. I'll tell you, man. Those dudes are old. It was their fiftieth anniversary. That was their okay. thing. So. Oh jeez. They so you know Townsend is like 70 something and Yeah. Dude. They describe themselves as miserable sods when they were making yeah. music as younger people. But so you can only imagine my, what it's like to be in that band right now. <laughs> my god. He's they sound out good. of it. Phew. They sound good? Yes, they sounded good. And you know, they don't have the the same, you know, you know, teenage, you know, 20 something angsty energy the where they're smashing their shit and throwing themselves yeah, all over the place. their balls are so old they're actually hitting their but knees. Townsend, but Townsend, he did the windmill. Swinging balls, not guitar. He did the windmill yeah, yeah. at least once. He did the windmill at least once, which I was impressed that he didn't throw his ro- rotator cuff That's out into the, you know, the nosebleed yeah. section. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, hell of a show. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, so... So yeah, that's who, the who is up there for sure. So my first... it's This seems a little on the nose and I'm kind of embarrassed, but... You know, considering the impact on guitar rock, the Jimi Hendrix experience. Absolutely, boy. Yes, yes. I mean, because both of your bands couldn't have happened. Which is Eric Clapton. Yeah, I thought about putting Cream on my list, but the reason I didn't is because I think Hendrix took the guitar sound to a a weirder level he like he just heightened yeah. it even more yeah. and mm-hmm. made it weirder but somehow made it more commercial well i you know my, my argument remarkable. has been for years is that Jimi hendrix 
was the John Coltrane of guitar rock. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He really thought outside the box. The way he heard things, the way he played, the way he the way he constructed chords, the way he heard chord changes was different than anybody else mm-hmm. at that time, the way they heard chord changes. And so what he did with a simple guitar solo, and that's the thing is it's not it's not as I don't think it's as indicative in his sort of like, here's the song. I think the songs are great. It's his solo work yeah. that it kind of transcends. And that's what I think John Coltrane did on a saxophone. It was like, he just heard things in a way that we didn't hear, but the way he put it out there was just extraordinary. It's transcendent. So I mean, yeah, I, 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 so t- two things the, on that. Yeah, There's like, the commitment for one through the instrument to like, get to this transcendiary place, which you guys yeah. are talking about that, you know, that this is a, uh, what I'm hearing you two say is that this is kind of a key in terms of experimentation and playing with the sound and trying to put on tape the thing that, you know, they can barely hear as a musician, let alone anything yeah. we've heard before. That's key. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. And, you know, Hendrix, he... Like, you're right. Like, he he heard things differently. He played things. He structured things differently. He was also playing the guitar upside down. He was a left-handed guitar player playing a right-handed guitar, so the strings were all backwards. Everything was backwards for him. Yeah. You know, which I just think is, like, just a little fun trivia, like, interesting. Yeah, just kind of fun trivia. But the other thing is that... and again, you know, with Jimi Hendrix, like some of the, it's it's like, I feel it's like Kerouac, right? Like the things that make Kerouac great and legitimately amazing are the things that make him trite and annoying. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. You the know? hipster so beat like, element yeah. that's like, oh Yeah, like boy. The, the only people for me are the Throw mad ones, away. the mad, you know, which is a fucking great line and changed my life when I was 14 and read it. But like, oh God, shut up. Like. That's well, as soon as you that's put on a twenty-year-old a twenty-year-old's t-shirt, yeah, it's, you kind of you kind of yeah. want to go back to him and say, Jack, could you please just leave that? Could you not write that? Let's scratch you know, was, that out on the, the scroll. Saddest, scratch that yeah. The saddest thing about going to I was uh, went to Brazil in twenty fourteen, uh, São Paulo for just like just to get out of Dodge for a minute, and um, all of these kids. I would go into these cafes. They're playing American music. All these. I, I walked around on the street one day. I counted five five kids. Wearing Ramones T-shirts, yeah, and it was one of those like, oh man, that it's. I mean, it's great that uh, American culture, in terms of rock, is so sticky. Yeah. Um, but would you at consider the, same time, the Ramones like, a great oh, man. guitar rock band? Uh, I would consider. I I kind of would. I don't know where they would fit in that list. Yeah, of, I think they're a great, a great band. Punk band. Yeah. yeah, I think they're yeah. a great band, but I don't know if I would say they're defined. I think they're no. defined more by by the lyrics, attitude, and, sort of and lyrics, attitude, and, and approach, the speed, and yeah. style, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, 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 fashion. Yeah, but it's I think like, you know, yeah. So, a real quick point on the Jack Kerouac thing, and then I'll get back to my original point, which is that I had a friend who got the only people for me are the Mad Ones bullshit tattooed on his arm, and right on his forearm there, and I yeah. Uh-oh. I was like, oh, John. I mean, oh, okay. I've got The Road is Life from Jack Kerouac on <laughs> my fucking arm, jackasses. That's like a, but dude, that's like a yeah. B-side. Okay, you've okay, got so like. Okay, so I've got yeah. the B-side. I've you yeah, go you've got the like the B-side go the of the obvious. import tattooed on your arm. So, but this, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm happy to say that for a reason not related to his stupid tattoo, his trite tattoo, John and I don't talk anymore. We're not buddies. He was a fucking asshole and whatever. But yeah, 
He's the mad one. So my point is, so back to the Jimi Hendrix thing, is that I feel like the trite thing with Jimi Hendrix is the Star Spangled Banner that he played at Woodstock. Yeah, it's that's not the one to listen to. I mean, it's no, fine. but here's it's the fine, thing: is we've heard he, it a thousand times. It's brilliant. But we've heard it a thousand not... times. But he took this song that everyone has heard their whole life, and he warped that thing into a way that we perceived and heard for the first time in a completely different way. That was a, an exact replica of what was hap- of the of the distortion that was happening in America at the time. Like, that was what Jimi Hendrix did with his guitar. I would argue that Roseanne Barr did the same Whipped thing. Whipped into an electric frenzy. No, I'd okay. argue that Roseanne Barr okay, did the same sure. thing to the same song. Oh, God, she don't She sang it in such this. a way. I mean, I Roseanne represented but... what was going on at the time period. It said something. We heard it in a different way, and we wanted to gouge her fucking eyes out. So I'm not sure if that's a great claim to fame. Uh, okay. All right. So what else? What, what, what else we got? What else you got, Dana? Well, I, I want to follow up uh, the Slater Kinney vibe with one of my favorite guitar-driven records. I mean, you might call it a punk record too, but I just think it's straight ahead rock, and it is so clean, and the lyrics are just, I mean, everything about it is spot on. Um, this is the Spend the Night record by The Donnas. Oh yeah, the Donnas are not every record of theirs is great, but they've made they yeah. they took they take genres, and they build entire records around them, yeah. and yeah. the records are they're great. And spend the night is like in my mind the pinnacle of their abilities, um, and so this you know these are they're three I, young women. I I think they're, you they're know, not young anymore. They're mid thirties now. They're yeah. our age. I mean, I think they're like a couple yeah. years older than you and I. Yeah, sure. But um, yeah, no, the dollars are like, great. That's that's right up there. That's in like my top ten of favorite kind of guitar driven records of yeah. all time. It's not you know there's no uh, crazy you know. Uh, circular tunnel vision stroke of genius. Yeah. Like there are, you know, there are plenty of people rock, out there yeah. like who are devoted to like Yang Vei Malsteam and Joe Satriani and like yeah. p- dudes like that that are just like virtuosos. Um, but I want the, another thing that you guys are mentioning that I really appreciate as like a sign of a good guitar driven record is you've got a great band around it. You know, mm-hmm. the guitar is moving the sound, but everything around it, conspires to make it uh phenomenal yeah um yeah yeah my uh, leading up to then then i won't have any more but it's like as i was looking over stuff and i i actually can say that i'm quite pleased that this made my list uh in the in the uh, you know i don't want my wife to be the only one to have said something about you know women musicians (laughs) Yeah, uh, I, I, was, I'm the misogynist in this segment of the show. Well, no, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't mean to I mean, be. One, I just, yeah, one one that I was looking at, and I'd, I'd never <laughs> seen them live until uh, a Wicker Street, like a Wicker Park Street Fair. <gasps> um, and Dana and I, she said, "You got to come see them live." And I <sighs> liked the band, but I had never seen them live, and and that's why it sticks out in my mind. Is seeing them live suddenly kind of changed my perception of Veruca Salt, oh. and it was just like, oh, they're a. Fu-. And, and I, you know, I don't yeah. know if they're the greatest guitar rock band oh. ever, but I think they're at awfully goddamn good guitar because yes. they're a guitar rock band. Yes. You know? oh, yeah. Two female yeah. uh, singer uh, guitarists yeah. up front. I mean, and they fucking and rock. And back. seeing them live in that smaller setting of just like a street fair is like, goddamn, they're fucking on it. 
they're on it. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in sort of like the cliche, you know, and everybody, you know, almost anybody will say like, this should be the top of the list. I actually disagree, but I understand why it is Led Zeppelin. I mean, it doesn't say anybody doesn't say Led Zeppelin doesn't listen to guitar music. They don't understand. Well, uh, of course, the concept of great rock. Don't don't go wait for a the minute. Because everybody, every no, okay. this is everybody's going to say that he's Led Zepp is on all of our lists for lots of reasons. But I want to because you mentioned Fergus Salt. I just want to backtrack oh. real quick because we, uh, David, you and I as '90s kids, yeah, got to. I feel like. Uh, we got to listen to a lot of bands that were influenced a great deal by Zepp and uh-huh. the Stones and, of course, the Beatles, but also Sabbath and Floyd and Judas Priest. We've got Soundgarden, Smashing Pumpkins, Radiohead, Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana. You know, like I would, I would say all of those bands are guitar-driven Ooh, bands. I would disagree with one of those right there. Why uh, Radiohead? With, no, with uh, with Red Hot Chili Peppers. I would say that the Red Hot Chili oh. Peppers, while a great guitarist, what was his Hillel, whatever that. I mean, the original before. Frusciante. Yeah, Frusciante. No, wasn't who's Hillel? Some wasn't that the second one or something? I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, I would say that the Chili Peppers were a rhythm-driven band and were a bass, I would say the same bass thing. band. I would Flea, say that's, I, I actually agree Flea with Flea drove that band. The guitar drove, drove the music, yeah. was putting rhythm behind Flea's rhythm. I think that's, a, I think that's actually a valid point. Uh, nope, that's well, it. I'm right. Yeah. That's it. Okay, <laughs> no, we can go back and forth about that. Really, the point that I wanted to make yeah. by mentioning those yeah, bands yeah. is... Here's this, we got to kind of ride in real time this second wave of amazing guitar-driven rock. Like, the, yeah. you know, the, I couldn't have been more behind at the time the whole uh, grunge element. Yeah, I would, I would say along on. those lines, like it's, it's like sort of like the great bands. Uh, Metallica is a great band. Hell yeah. But I would argue that they are more a rhythm, bass, sort of driven thing. Yeah. Almost, almost a vocal thing is is you know because and not a lot that the of real guitarists, a yeah. lot of guitarists would argue with you yeah. because oh, yeah. how many people like f- just you know tried to follow what Kirk Hammett was doing yeah. or what yeah. James Hetfield was doing yeah. like try to like learn guitar by Aping. emulating these dudes yeah. Yeah. and they're a whole I mean that's that subgenre of m- metal yeah um, or th- kind of like the it's actually not a subgenre. It's it's huge unto itself. That includes like Iron Maiden and yeah. Megadeth and Pantera and Slayer and right. a whole bands that a whole group of bands making music at the same time that I didn't get into because my tastes were a little bit. One hundred percent. I'm with I you. I guess more yeah. Yeah. grunge right. or running. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna sum up and then I'll I'll shut up. Is to me and it is in my opinion. I thought about this a lot. The greatest guitar rock band for my per- for me my personal taste is absolutely Rage Against the Machine.
And it's Rage Against the Machine, first of all, because it was absolutely a guitar-driven group. Totally guitar-driven. I mean, yeah. it, I mean serious. Yeah. But it was this, it was this amazing um, melding of hip-hop and sort of power metal mm-hmm. um, with this incredibly uh, angry and potent anti-establishment message, which I think rock... I mean, rock and roll is either going to be anti-establishment or about fucking and drugs, you know. Yeah. yeah. And what, what you know, and the ones that are like, wow, that's that really changed me. Whatever is the anti-establishment, and 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 mm. I think Rage Against the Machine, the 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 album 1992's Rage Against the Machine is is maybe one of the best yeah. examples of incredible guitar rock you will ever hear in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And that message of you show me how to think, not just how to live. Exactly. It's just, it's, a, it's extraordinary. And I think it transcends the fact that it was a 90s band. Uh, yeah. I think it even, you know, it's like, well, they're not, they weren't, I love that. For, for you know, good or, or ill, it helped, again, with, you know, if we consider the influence of things as, as greatness, oh, yeah. right? It, it helped usher in the rap rock. Just move it down. Which, yeah. you know, shit went south really fucking quickly with that, with, yeah. the, with rap rock. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, I wasn't even into System of the Down. I was kind of like, eh. I've... Well, I was into corn. Man, yeah. I listened to yeah. I listened fucking to a whole bunch corn. of corn. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, I yeah. never got into that. Like, I <laughs> oh, never. I was totally into that. I was totally that into that. New, the new metal thing yeah. that we're talking about yeah. it, uh, is, yeah, that's. And I never I really liked Metallica. Here. I never. Because again, my tastes were far different. Like when Metallica, when the Black Album came out, was what ninety three, something like that. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Like I was hard into hip hop at the time. Like it was just not the right. And when I came out, oh, sure. and like I started to get into more rock and more metal. I was like, Metallica fucking bores me. It just See, bores I was never me. bored with Metallica, but 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 also <laughs> I was bored I with just, Guns and Roses. I, oh, yeah, even I though Slash is great, Slash is Guns and Roses. Oh, I appreciate it because Guns and Roses was at least again. This is my age and when I was hearing things. Yeah. Guns yeah. N' Roses, to me, was theatrical and fun in on it. Metallica was just, like, somber and lame. And then, Here's, compared to, like, Nirvana was somber, cool, they weren't lame the reason, about it, you know? The yeah. reason I know yeah. Metallica was cool on a personal level. <laughs> and see, this, this, might be an age, this might be an age thing per, right here. Personal, I, yeah, no, this is this personal true story. Metallica <laughs> rocks, and this has nothing to do with their music, in 1985... I was in college in Wichita, Kansas. I was driving and delivering pizzas. <laughs> they were playing the Kansas Coliseum. I delivered 30 pizzas to Metallica. The whole band was in the room, and they fucking tipped really well. So that's all I'm saying. Oh, okay. Fucking A. Well, I right. mean, it you was, know, I got like a $100 tip. They were so cool. And you know, and like, you never told me that story. Oh, That's so hilarious. What, okay. I, what I loved about it was, yeah. is like when I showed up. I mean, I had my whole fucking car full of goddamn pizzas, right? Yeah. yeah. And instead of the, and the, instead of like having roadies come out and grab handfuls of pizza, the members of the band came down from their hotel room. They and those guys came food. down and got pizzas out of my car because the fucking and roadies will eat their shit. That's why. Yeah, and yeah. then gave me a hundred dollar tip, and I was like. They're fucking cool. Wow. They not only That's are they awesome. not so badass and important that they can't go and come get their own pizza, but they tip me as well. So I 
From that end, that has, any, has nothing and I to do watched, with Dark, but it's good. No, I love it. But it does, though, because I watched a documentary once, and I can't, I wish I could remember what this was. It was, a, it was actually about a bunch of metal band hopefuls and people, you know, kind of riding this metal wave, totally convinced that they were going to make it. And no, they were, you know, st- just pieces coming was off this the angle? comet. Huh? Was this Anvil? <laughs> I think it. I think it might have been. Because you know that's the that's. The, I mean that 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 yeah. documentary is sort of like I the, think it this is Spinal Tap, but for real. Yeah. But at the same time, yes, I, know. I think that's so, exactly it's what it is. Heartbreaking. I love it. it, it, it I is, cry but more at the same in that time, movie than I do when I watch Titanic or Forrest Gump. They there's this camera that comes up on this line of kids. Uh, kids going into adulthood, all ages, um, but kids, like very young people who are just like ready to rock. And I salute them. And, uh, and there's just this line outside of a concert venue. And I'm, and I looked at all these kids that were just like, they just raw enthusiasm. They were excited to be there. They couldn't wait to be there together to see their favorite act that like kept them from, being holed up in whatever small town they were in, whatever, you know, house in uh, the corner of Bumblefuck and East Bumblefuck, and not killing themselves. Mm-hmm. This music, whatever form it took, gave them a reason to live and be excited about life and push on. Yeah. yeah. All right, David, who's, what's, who's the greatest, in your opinion? Yeah, I, so I, I had two others on my list. Like written down that I'm I'm now af- afraid or ashamed, embarrassed <laughs> to mention because we've already talked. There's no about wrong them. answer. There's, There's no, no wrong answer. Answers. Talk about them. So I'm going to say them, but I, I <sighs> just say Queen. It's okay. Just say Queen. No, you know what? I thought about Queen, but Queen. I do not think Queen. I do not think Queen is a guitar band. Queen is an yeah, orchestral no, it's band. It's a vocal. Right. It's that's a, a, that's vocal a vocal band. band. Yes. Okay. Yeah, right. It's a vocal, right. vocal band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Say tool. That's uh, cool. James Taylor. No. <laughs> Same. Uh, <laughs> Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan was on my list. Yeah, Bob but Dylan he's not a band. Bob Dylan's a figure. That's the thing. Yeah. And Bob, what Bob Dylan was doing with his guitar. band although, is defined although, by him. Not, he's a guitarist, though. Well, yeah, but the band is not. Defi- that's the thing. Yeah. Is, is that we go back and forth. I think if it's just if, one guitarist, if we were why to consider, didn't say Eric Clapton. If we were to consider, but he could have said Cream. But I think that's the thing is. Those bands, that's why I didn't, is I made the distinction that if it was just about, that's why I didn't say Jimi Hendrix, because I think it's a brilliant band, but ah, Jimi Hendrix was Hendrix. about Jimi Hendrix, I, I know. Yeah, but, I mean, sometimes... But the, the, but, but the band was really defined by him, so that it's not a great guitar band, he's a great guitar rock player who had a band. That's kind of my perspective. But on part of Hendrix, the reason I, that it was named the Jimi Hendrix Experience is because it was a guitar-driven band. Yeah, I know, but it was about him. So I mean, I made that decision. So I mean, we like, could we could argue that Bob Dylan, because Bob Dylan had a band. Like I know he played a lot of solo acoustic shows, yeah. but he yeah. had a, you know, he didn't do everything himself. He didn't tour by himself, no, and you but know, it's like it's if you look at the who, Dick the Van who Dyke is, and Mary Poppins with the fucking yeah, the who you know. is is defined by Pete Townsend's <laughs> guitar playing as it is any of the other members of the band, and so that's why it, it's still a guitar good guitar playing rock band. will fuel. Exactly. Good songwriting. Okay. So, yeah, so that's kind of the distinction. So go because, ahead. Because quit to, being a pussy and tell me who your two well, hang on a second. So <laughs> real quick, just back to the Bob Dylan thing, because you, you could argue that Bob Dylan, what he did with, with rock and roll and the guitar by, un, by unplugging, or by plugging in, rather. Plugging in, yeah. Yeah. Pissing off the folks. Blah, blah, blah. Who are your two bands? Right? 
All right. Who are your two bands? Uh, to your point about The Who, similar to The Who, where you've got the guitar that's leading shit, but the vocals led shit pretty equal. I mean, right? I wouldn't say it was equal, but I would say it rose to the occasion. Okay. Yeah. I Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Yeah, Zepp Zepp is. I mean, it's it is. Cla- it's the big. It's and the big dog in the room. Yeah. I know it's again like or my the black my, dog in the room. Nice. Oh, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> wow. I mean, I don't know if that I have to explain this anymore, but like, it's fucking Led Zeppelin, right? Like they yeah, yeah. were the founders of metal without being metal. Like they yeah. they changed the way that bands perform. You know, like they're it. It's fucking Zeppelin. Like <laughs> they were as influential. <laughs> They were influenced. They were as influential for stadium rock as the Beatles were for studio rock or studio music. Because when the Beatles yes. did Shea Stadium and then they said we're going to do the rest of it in studio and we're going to experiment, they changed how music was perceived and what you could do with it. Yeah, Zeppelin did that with live music yes. in a way that no no other band had done before that, and they changed how they created. They're sort of like the Jaws. Yeah. Of rock concerts. Like, Jaws was the first summer blockbuster, and it blew all the... Fu- every fucking metric went off the charts, mm, which yeah. changed how Hollywood made movies. Zeppelin changed what a live concert could be. Mm-hmm. And you could even argue... Way. Yeah, you yeah. could even argue that, that you know, th- to the point of Queen, where it's a vocal band, you could argue yeah. that Zeppelin is a guitar band just as much as, as a it's a vocal band. band, because... Yeah, yeah, I would say it's a... Yeah. You know... The way that that's just, how we feel about the st- the stones, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, who's the your stones number one? would be a good one too. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't. I didn't put these in a particular order. Oh, so yeah. if, if I had to choose, I mean, I, I put Zeppelin as number one, Hendrix is number two, and then my number three, uh, it's Van Halen. <laughs> it's Van you know, Halen. Never, but Van Halen with Hagar, or Van Halen with with Rock? Oh, you know. C- don't, well, don't because, split hairs. Here's I thing. do split hairs. I grew up with that shit. No, that's and that's fair. Hairs. That's a fair... I, I mean, I, gr- I agree with Dana, don't split hairs, because Van Halen is Van Halen, but Van Halen is Van Halen because of Eddie Van Halen. Because I grew up with Hagar. Right? Like it's, okay, Eddie Van Halen, but there's a difference but, between... And you can hear the difference in oh, his guitar yes. playing. Yes, you that, can. That, why can't this be love is one, and that's not good, but hot for teacher? Fuck off. That shit rocks. <laughs> Panama, anybody? Yeah, that's right? what I'm saying. Fuck uh, you, what's that? Sammy oh, Hagar. Fuck, what is Reach the... Um... down in between my legs. Oh, God, what's the one that <laughs> like just... seat back. What? Oh, what's that fucking song? Um... Oh, uh, Eruption. What are you hearing? Eruption. You mean, it's a rock... A what? Eruption. Eruption. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The, yeah. the first, like, three minutes is just mm-hmm. Eddie just beating the shit out of his it's guitar. Just, yeah, just it's working just a, it's a wank here, Here's it the thing about Van Halen, and it's easy to pass him off, because in hindsight... On a cursory level, they look like 
just some stupid early hair metal band, right? And I think that Lee, you know, D- Lee Roth had something to do with that, but then H- Hagar H- Hagar made it obvious, stupid. You know, <laughs> the thing is, when they, they were not a hair metal band until Sammy Hagar joined them, and then they became a hair metal band, and it was sad. But, but it was also David the timing. Roth, it was also the timing because yeah, David, David Lee Roth, Roth uh, David Lee Roth's solo career was a hair metal band. Yeah, exactly. But David Lee Roth was hair metal. But Diamond Dave was milking that. Yeah, Diamond Dave was a frontman of a band that had nothing to do with sort of his aesthetic. Right. And that was what really made it work. It was like this bizarre combination of this really excellent trio rock band like this this like this yeah. fucking badass <laughs> guitar driven band and then they found this unbelievably obnoxious charismatic costume driven brilliant frontman that really had no connection to what the music they were doing and he just like put this bizarre cherry on top of this great music so if you listen to i mean if the thing is if you listen to the hits but if you listen to enough early Van Halen, what you hear is this extraordinary guitar band and then this fucking insane son of a bitch just going, yeah, I'm in the room. How about you? Look at this shit. And and it's like, who would have thought those two things would have worked so well? And it was brilliant. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing is that, you know, and again, this is for me, like part of Van Halen... Is, you really you let something loose there. Huh? I, I love like Van Halen early. It's part, not my part favorite. Of Van Halen Greek, is, go ahead. Is the timing for me because like I was coming of age, you know, or not yeah. coming of age. I mean, I was like first starting to like understand and hear music in 1984. Well, that was cranking through the radio. You know, top yeah. 40 at the time. And my before you were four. How old are you? I was in 80? Four, four, five years, five years old. Yeah, yeah but that's that's what we have. At, coming of age at four. No, that's why I, I corrected that. Is I, coming through coming the radio. Through. Like I was, okay. right, I was like fair. starting to hear shit, and like like my dad's best right. friend at the time, this guy Dan Weinberger, who was I, I consider my my first friend. He was you know my parents' age. He drove a a, a a beige Toyota pickup truck, and his favorite song was Jump. What was nice? It was it was Jump and Miss Amer- and Bye Bye Miss American Pie, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember being in the car with him and there were no car seats. I was in the fucking front seat of a single, you know, bench cab at five years old, which is like now, like you'd be thrown in fucking jail for, you know, by DCFS. Um, but the song jump came on and he would tell me every time they say jump, he would like hit my leg. He's like, you need to jump in your seat. So I'm sitting here like jumping in a fucking moving car in the night. Like, like what is more 1980s than that? Right. Yeah, like yeah, my, oh, yeah. My dad's drunk beer Those are formative years when you're forming. to jump out of his car yeah. seat every, or out of, the, yeah. out of the seat. But, you know, the other thing is that Van Halen, again, like changed Fun. the way that things were done because there were a lot of guitar solos, but there were, before Van Halen, guitar shredding that solo like yeah wasn't really done in the grandstandy way that eddie van halen did it even uh, even Jimi hendrix hendrix yeah. did it in this weird mm. you know larger than life he would take way. it into the eight minute range with well, the song and, and, and you can van, and now and eddie van that's halen developed. was just like i'm beating the shit out of this thing yes. look at my junk 
fuck you, yes, yeah. this is happening. Balls. Your ability, you're having heard that, and you can credit, hear when other guitarists hold back. Yeah. yeah. You can hear when other guitarists are not, they're not sure of their own well, abilities, or they don't think that, you know, for whatever reason, they're being hampered by the song or something's not working, you can tell when guitarists well, are holding and, and back. You, were, you kind of gave me shit about being a jazz musician, but the thing about it is if you look at most rock and roll up until a certain point, they were following the same sort of rules of most solos were, and if you know jazz, then you know what trading fours means. And trading fours was, you know, I'm going to play four bars of a mm-hmm. solo and then somebody else is going to play mm-hmm. four bars of a solo. That was the game you played. And so there was definitely... Uh, a, a very specific, like, here's how long I have to play my solo, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think Eddie Van Halen was probably the first one that did this, but I think in in that sort of 80s muscle car, fucking I'm driving a red Camaro with yeah. a fucking sunroof kind of feel, yeah. is Eddie said, I'm going to play a solo till I'm fucking done playing a solo, yeah. which is actually more like a bebop player than a traditional jazz player. Right. And and I thought that, I think it's kind of extraordinary that way. I read a story, I don't know if it was in Rolling Stone or Esquire, but it was a profile of, of Eddie Van Halen a couple years ago. A couple years. Uh, it, was, it was before they yeah. changed over to being the, the puss awful magazine that they are now, but it was back when Esquire was good. <laughs> Um, but it was Eddie's talking about how he can't play guitar anymore because he's he he broke his fingers like he can't feel anymore he can't feel the strings he, and, it, and everything hurts like he mm. wore his shit out Ooh. so anyway but I, I also have to like because we've spent a lot of time in the late 60s 7 you know 70s and early 80s but I've got to throw this out there that as far as influential guitar bands go uh, Chicago band Captain Jazz. Okay, I don't oh, know if that's boy. completely like over. No, your no, guys no, head, no. I, like, I, 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 I have I'm, not listened I'm to not enough Captain Jazz. Exactly, I'd say I've not listened Damn. to it nearly enough. Like, but Captain yeah, Jazz was like this okay. weird at the time. It was this weird. It was like like the founding father of you know quote unquote emo. Um, yeah. It's where math rock came from, and just the weird mm-hmm. way of yeah. like. You know, just doing weird yeah. shit with guitars and it was like all this weird like time time structures got all yeah. fucked up and yeah. and chord and song structures and sound structures and how you played like you're just you're you've got you know your left hand on the on the neck and your right hand is not on the fucking on the what do you call it I don't play guitar but you know the whatever the fuck that part of the guitar is where you strum you, you know you're just you're plucking like they were doing all this Toward weird shit to make all these bridge, weird yeah. sounds that had never been done before that influenced an entire genre of music and and generation in the early 90s so i i gotta give them you know asterisk credit mm. for that oh okay yeah making you want to listen to them more often because that's i mean that's as my taste has developed um that's something i'm interested in listening and to some of it's weird of. some of it is really weird and hard to listen to but and it's and it, well it's you think it's discordant at first because you're mind is going like what the hell am i listening to there was one christmas i asked for all sorts of music and i got like just a boatload of cds very lucky to get uh, just a whole bunch of music thrown in my lap that christmas yeah and one of the records was uh shudder to thinks uh pony express record Mm. yeah which was uh, a colossal commercial failure when it came out it's like 1991 or something nuts like that and it and I listened to it at first, and it was like, oh, I don't know, ooh, ugh. 
ugh, I might have made a bad choice. And I let it sit. Fortunately, I let it sit in my collection for a long time. Um, And I would oddly say this is is a very guitar-driven record. You know, it's a standard... um, Mm -hmm. I think these guys are a four-piece. They might they might even be a three-piece band, but I'm pretty sure they're a standard four-piece band. Uh, Craig, led by Craig Wedron, who has an amazing voice. But I went back and listened to this record when I was ready. Like something said, put this record on again. And they do a cover of a song called So Into You. Mm-hmm. And the it is it is greasy and dirty and dark and it just ushered me into this whole other advanced way i thought at the time of like oh oh yes i'm ready to i've I've leveled up i'm ready to to listen to crazy interesting shit that's more like this that's complicated all right simian cohort here's don and david with the six things you should do for the week all right so my first thing this week uh it's a read uh in honor of the chicago election uh it's read Nelson Algren's Chicago City on the Make. It's a quick read. It's a poem essay about the city, and it encapsulates this city perfectly. So give it a read. Go buy it's it. Brilliant. It's brilliant. It's at Amazon and volume. Just fucking read it. You'll f- My it number one is uh, also a read um, in, in reference to our, our conversation about uh, the best fucking guitar rock bands ever. Yep. Um, this is a read. It's one of my favorite books. I actually have a copy of this book that was given to me 30 years ago by somebody I worked with who said that she thought I was like the Henry Rollins of Op Loop Theater, which I thought was a huge compliment because I'm a big fan. Is, yeah. And then, and then like almost 30 years later, when I interviewed him at the Metro on stage, I had him sign that same book. Um, the book is Get in the Van on the Road with Black Flag from 1994, Henry Rollins. It is, it's the best way I can put it is it's like imagine if Jack Kerouac was like the front man of a, a, a fucking band, punk yeah. band. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's, I did, it's one of my favorite books and I highly recommend people read it. Cool. All right. So my next thing is a do. Uh, today is, is March 3rd. Uh, if you're listening to this when the podcast drops on a Sunday. Uh, but tomorrow, is Bug House Chicago? Bug House Chicago now because we have to yes. differentiate. Bug House, we get it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's Bug House number eighteen. You should come to Bug House at the yeah, Haymarket. Yeah. This at is the Haymarket Brewery. This, this uh, there's actually a couple of distinctions that I know. Number one, it's the first Bug House in Chicago. I'm not a part of. Right. It is also so the first Lily Bug B. House. Do you hear that? Come. Yeah. Don's not going to be there. Yeah. I'm not going to be there. Um, and the second thing is, <laughs> it's the first bug house that either you or I are not debating. Is that right? No, we've... No, one, one of, of us, us has always, always debated. Oh. Yeah. One of us has always debated, and you decided to have your... just To just focus on hosting on this one, and so... Well, yeah. Sometimes I think the host shouldn't perform. Well, and you know, I don't agree with that, but I, really? I totally get it. Yeah. I, I don't agree with that. I think sometimes the host. It depends on the host. It, dep- it depends, depends on the host. Yeah. I mean, there were times I will probably perform. Yeah. Again, but yeah, no. I I, I want to host. I want to give. You know, there there's six spots to fill each month, and yeah, there's plenty of people to do. It. So yeah, right. it's uh, we've got some great. Uh, just a quick plug. Um, topics are: Is God judging us? Marvel or DC? And because it's March, uh, St. Patrick's Day, racism or celebration of a great culture. It's going to be it's going to be a really great show. I love that. All right, my second one is a watch. 
Um, I was thinking, what's a great... I was thinking, what's a great movie if you're not into guitar rock bands or even if you are into good guitar rock, what's a great movie or documentary that really kind of encapsulates the concept of an amazing rock band? And there's a lot of them out there, but what I'm going to recommend is you is everybody, and you can get this on Netflix, you can get it on Amazon Prime, 1979's The Kids Are All Right, All About The Who, it's fucking yeah. awesome. It's so much. The thing about it is, it, it, what I love about this documentary more than anything else is not only is it you know like a documentary, it's really fun. It's yeah. a really fun movie. So yeah, the kids is. are all right. Nineteen seventy nine should watch it. My third thing to do this week is after Bug House on Monday, take Tuesday yep. and Wednesday off, relax at home with your family, jerk off a bit, whatever. Uh, but then on Thursday. Come to Untapped. It's uh, Gilda's Club Chicago's Untapped. It is at the uh, Goose Island Barrel House. Uh, we've got Goat Group Catering and a ton of really good beer and some really great prizes to give away. It's a charity thing, so it's tax deductible. It's it's always a lot of fun. And the Barrel House is a really, really cool venue. Uh, yeah, that's I, a I don't know. Cool have, you, have you been there, Don? Because it's It's where my 50th new. birthday was. Where your 50th birthday was? Danny threw my 50th birthday in the barrel house. Why wasn't I invited? Was I invited? You probably were invited, but you didn't come. What year did you turn 50? That was three years ago. I mean, we weren't doing the ape, so we were still sort of like satelliting each other. So maybe that's... uh, Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, but great place, um, great cause. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you go to gildasclubchicago.org for more information. Rock and roll. And my final thing is a listen... Um, it is quintessential, in my opinion. Um, not, everybody's got their opinion about uh, music, and I'm fine with that. But for me, it is the perfect blend of hip-hop and fucking uh, just in-your-face heavy metal guitar. It is 1992's Rage Against the Machine by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. They are the thing I love about it is they were relevant in 92, they're relevant today. Yeah. I mean if you're if you if you're looking for angry protest music that fucking rocks out. Yeah. Get this album. If you have never listened to this album, I absolutely encourage you. Rage Against the Machine will blow your mind and you'll go, "How is it that they were saying these things that are totally relevant to today in 1992 and also fuck that's head banging good yeah i had a friend in i guess it was it was after 92 it was like in high school so like 95 96 maybe and he was a huge rage against machine fan and i i liked rage against machine but i didn't get it because i wasn't politicized yeah. enough yet yeah but now i want to call him and be like i want to find him and be like jesse yeah bro dude <laughs> fuck yes uh, 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 yeah. oh yeah yeah it's good God stuff damn. it's good stuff cool well, that's that's your shit to do this week and that's the podcast and thanks for listening you can listen to the literate ape cast on apple podcasts stitcher or any place you find your podcast jones if you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court review or share the show on your own platforms or throw us a few bucks on patreon 
For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>